0: Hello and welcome to Priority Roll, an Age of Sigmar podcast from sunny England. Join us as we discuss the ever changing character of wargaming in the Mortal Realms. Grab your D6 and get ready for the Priority Roll. Welcome to yet another episode, a mini Brotherhood Team Event Coverage mini uh, where we're speaking to a number of the various team captains about their teams and lists. Without further ado, I'll introduce our next team captain guest. This time, I'm joined by another member of the Curtis family, but not Steve. This time, Mark Curtis from Team More Bang for your buck. Welcome, Mark. So, uh, Thanks for having me. No worries, good to have you on. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, that's fine. So, uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Mark Curtis. I'm the
1: younger brother of the infamous uh, Death Lord himself, Steve Curtis. But we're not here to talk about him today, thankfully. Uh, so I am a uh, honourable and loyal member of the Bucks War Game uh, Collective. Uh, we come from a much larger village uh, around High Wycombe area. As uh, so we've been going now for about a year or so, we're starting to make quite quite a name for ourselves on the the hobby scene. I
0: I noticed the use of the word loyal there. Is that uh, is that an insinuation that you feel some uh, some fraternal disquiet that the, someone has been uh, playing for the team? <laughs>
1: No, no, not at all. I mean, um, we've all come from little villages all over the UK, I I, I guess, in a way. But I think the, the, the Bucks Wargame Collective are going to go to Brotherhood with a a loyal a loyal local team, I'd say.
0: Excellent. Uh, there was me thinking Little Walsingham was a, just in one place, but I believe it's in about six or eight. Oh, they're everywhere. It's a little <laughs> village, but they're, they're everywhere. <laughs> so, so you mentioned yeah, this is a Bucks. So more bang for your buck, obviously a play on, on words there. So this is a... a team comprising members of the Bucks World Game Collective then
1: it is yeah so um, it's uh, six Bucks guys um, it's myself and Dan uh, who also helped uh, Steve set up the uh, Bloodshed
0: Dan, so, Dan George yeah
1: yeah that's the one yeah Dan George um, so he's with us um, we've got uh, Chris Hibbins uh, so he's also joined us uh, Johnny Armstrong Angus Brain uh, Michael Browning and
0: myself so that's the six of us so what was it that made you want to enter a team to Brotherhood then Oh, so
1: uh, I've been oh, I've been quite hooked, really, to be honest, um, for quite some time on the team events. So I think the first one I went to was uh, with Steve. I think he mentioned in the previous podcast, um, we were just sort of stand-ins for Mark Wilson, um, uh, blood type. um So we just kind of clubbed together a couple of singles and just filled in the slots for the missing teams. Uh, and I thoroughly, I, th- I think it was quite new to the. Um, tournament scene, and I think that was my second or third event, um, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, took took a mixed goblin list uh, long before Destruction got any battle tones. Um, to say I got walloped um, in every single game, but I really, really thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, so the following year, me and Dan returned um, just as Bucks just started off as a as a gaming group uh, and i think it's myself and chris and we took lavo as well as our fourth player um so it have got a mixed mixed team but we're all just trying to get a feel of the events and how it works and the mechanics um but we had such a great time we've, we've come back in full force again this year um with uh some added players so looking forward to it
0: so as team captain how much of a role did you have in kind of coordinating all the lists and making sure people weren't taking not necessarily duplicate roles because that's against the pack but maybe duplicate roles of lists.
1: Um I'd say I took quite quite a big percentage of organizing it. Um I am a bit of a, a control freak so it was quite it was quite difficult uh, managing it all and, and the guys were quite keen to all go and do their own things as they would um and everyone had their own sort of insights of the lists and ideas. So we kind of clubbed together we made a, a group chat and clubbed together and sort of like started pinging out ideas. So we wanted to take something semi-competitive we knew with you know the little villages that were going um we were definitely going to struggle in terms of um being the best gamers i would say um, or especially high-end top-tier gaming uh but we were definitely going to go and and, and try, try our best so we um we sort of threw, threw around a few ideas and, and it came up with a few lists that we wanted to take and sort of the ideal and the, the meta lists and that sort of thing um but we weren't we weren't so fortunate that we we didn't have that much of a variety of armies to to choose from. Um, so we kind of then sort of reanalyzed it and thought, well, actually, do we need to take those lists? Do we need to take the the competitive list to actually play, um, or should we play to our strengths? And we kind of stepped back and looked at the armies we had and the armies we played regularly and we know well. Um, and sort of took a different approach to it. So we then we then decided to look at actually what sort of style of list do we want rather than the actual lists themselves. Um, So we kind of clubbed together. We thought, well, we need a couple of shooting lists, a couple of sort of combat aggro lists. Um, We need some chaff lists, and we need some all-rounder lists to deal with like bad matchups and that sort of thing. Um, So then we looked back at each individual players, what we had access to in terms of um, factions and allegiances, uh, what models we had access to. And we just started drafting up a whole bunch of um, lists, basically designed around those. Um, so as captain i designated those roles to the players um, and i took trust in them as as experienced players in their list to design the best list they could for that role um, really
0: so as as a member of a club and and your other brethren are kind of you know your regular gaming mates did you feel like you had a good handle of what kind of player would suit a certain style of list
1: um yeah i did so i I've I've known the guys for a, for a year or so now, and um, I know what sort of style of play they they have, and they're quite loyal to their lists that they play with. So I was confident that they knew what they could do and their capabilities within those lists. Um, so I kind of left it down to the players, and I didn't want to intervene too much or dictate to them what they wanted to do. I kind of wanted to. Keep the player skill level with the armies that they're comfortable with, and just build around that. So, because essentially we we were going just to get the experience in. Um, so there was there was no need for us to go out and sort of get these meta lists and change dramatically what we were doing with with a time frame of getting it built and painted and battle ready and um, getting them on the tabletop with with a few games under your belt with experience. It was it was difficult to do so, especially over Christmas. Um, so we, yeah, so we just decided that we were just going to take what they knew best and just try and utilize those, um, in a team event scenario, basically.
0: It's interesting really, because you've done your kind of threat assessment of a meta and decided on what you think, what lists you think you should take. And then you've almost taken a step back and gone, I don't think that's necessarily financially viable or logistically viable in, in time and, and painting and all that stuff. Mm. And, And also like, then you're like, and it completely runs against our experience so you've you've taken quite a balanced approach you haven't just gone with what have i got painted and you haven't just gone for what is the perfect list in, in theory, Hammer? You've always gone for quite a nice middle ground. Yeah, I just think, I think it works
1: best. I mean, if you start, um, I mean, I am notorious for hopping around army to army to army. I mean, uh, I,
0: I can't relate to that at all, obviously exactly. not. <laughs> uh,
1: but I think especially, I think that's also part of why I, I do struggle at events. I mean, I, I would rate myself that I am a knowledgeable player. Um, But I never necessarily do well at events because I'm always taking armies or taking lists that I've made two or three weeks beforehand and I've not had that practice in. Um, And then the few events I have taken an experienced list with, I've done really, really well. Um, And I think it kind of reflects on that with the team. It's like, well, I didn't want to take this. I didn't want to be that captain that goes, you need to take this list because it will do well or it fits in the list or it fits in the team or it fits in what we're trying to achieve um i just kind of wanted to go right this is what you know best optimize it to this this style of play and these are the sort of matchups and these are the sort of missions that i'm going to try and feed you into um so they had from the offset they kind of had that thing in mind where they they knew their their role in the team um so, so John, johnny scavenist we will go into it later but he 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 knew that his role was a very particular style so he built his list around that um and there's a couple of others that are very, very heavy-sided in one particular role because their job is to do one particular thing. Um, so it was quite easy for the guys to sit down because they knew the armies, they had the experience, they had a wide collection of models for those factions. Um, so it was quite easy for them to come back to me um, within a week or so and go, right, this is this is the list I'm taking. I'm confident in it. I'm happy to do it. And I'm just going to test play it for the next six weeks and make minor adjustments until we uh, submit the lists.
0: I really like that the kind of that role style approach, rather than the list. So the the role informs the list, rather than the list informing the role. Exactly,
1: yeah. That's that. I mean, that was the general aim because I think when you've got those particular set sort of, sort of meta lists, I, I hate the term, but. If you've got those meta lists and it's all like a copycat thing and everyone starts taking them because they are good and they do win games they do particular things until they come across something that is very heavily one-sided that does something very well and they can optimize on that weakness and they will just take that meta list off the table within a couple of turns um so i kind of wanted to throw a few of those into to make the matchup system a bit more of a struggle for our opponents. And then a few general ones in there and then a few um, specific in other roles just to help with the matchup thing. I think if you've got six meta lists or all-round lists that are just kind of good at everything and just good single tabletop event lists, um, they definitely struggle against lists that are designed for events uh, like this that are specific to certain matchups.
0: Yeah, I suppose if you've if you have taken a if you have taken like in a team of six, mm. two rocks, two papers and two scissors, and your opponent has expected to face those things, then, you know, you're you're going to become not unstuck per se. But if, if you take something that's very popular and people think they're going to play it, then you've got to be expecting to have a hard counter put against you.
1: Yeah, I think it just gives you on average across six games, it gives you statistically a better chance of getting more wins. Um, It gives you that little bit more leeway um, if the start of the matchup round starts to go bad, you can still put down another list to match up against something or remove another threat by putting someone else down. And you can kind of still navigate it to some extent um, with that um, sort of added, you know, trick up your sleeve. You've got those extra little bits that you can play down. If you've got six lists that are very specific in very specific roles and the bad matchups start to appear you you've basically had it like if those matchups go down wrong to begin with and you've got nothing to kind of claw it back um, you you're going to struggle I think
0: yeah, once once one piece of the puzzle is out of place it can start to go uh, sideways. It does,
1: yeah, massively.
0: So when you were when you were working out your list once you've assigned you had assigned the roles was there much of a deconfliction required in terms of endless spells or anything like that or artifacts? No, I
1: mean we we, we initially wanted to avoid all of that anyway because we just didn't we just didn't want to deal with the aggravation of it and going around and reassessing lists and changing it all. So we we went for six um specific factions uh, to make sure that essentially they just didn't um duplicate um it was quite fortunate for us because the six guys we chose for it all play different armies naturally anyway so it was quite an easy matchup for us without any um crossovers anywhere
0: and the same for endless spells or artifacts
1: yeah so en- endless spells and artifacts so i think a lot of our guys have all just gone for the uh, the book the your basic battle tome artifacts and then the spells anyway i think there was a few that, that did crossover um and that was quite easily dealt with we just easily just uh sat down and assessed the list assessed what the artifacts and then the spells were reviewed the the impact it has on your list and the role that you play um and we basically just delegated them to the the player that needed them to enforce their role better um whichever one had the biggest impact on their on their lists
0: and, and what artifacts were they that, that were appearing in that kind of conflict oh, area?
1: It's just the, the classic like Theory Amulet and that sort of thing. Um, and it was it was just they had to go to the the heroes that needed to survive or could have been matched up against shooting lists and that sort of thing. Um, I think our initial six, where we started looking at these sort of problems and the crossovers uh, to the M six lists we had, um, I think they were completely different anyway. The whole thought process started to change quite dramatically over the period we were making the lists.
0: Fair enough. And what's your what are your aims for the weekend? Both on a personal level as a captain, but also as a team.
1: Um, I think so. We're, we're definitely going to aim to try and win, or, or win as many as we can. Um, failing that, just get drunk. Um, so we we we've set our bar mid mid level. We kind of want to aim for the top half of the teams, the um, so top eleven out of the twenty two. Um, I think if we land there we'll be happy Um, to be honest I I think we're not we're not bringing the biggest sledgehammer lists to the event Um, we're definitely going there for the experience so I think a lot of us want to roll into more team events so we're just going there for the the know-how and knowledge really Um, and just have a good laugh
0: any kind of uh, personal objectives that you want to achieve yourself um
1: yeah so i'm so I'm, ta- I'm taking a a much loved um army of mine so it's my catch overlords um so i'm hoping to try and get some best painted armies army awards for for the faction um it's part of the reason for the decision making as to why i'm taking them um because i'm much more on the hobby spectrum than the competitive game um so that that for me personally is even if I get a nomination, that'll that'll be something
0: for me. Awesome. So what uh, what, what do you think the podium's going to look like at the end of the weekend? Oh,
1: well, there's there's quite a lot of experienced village boys going. I think, yeah, I mean, put putting the grudges aside, um, I definitely think it's, it's going to be a tough one. There is a lot of competitive players going. Um, and I think anyone who's anyone is here. There's some big names. Um, there's some big, big lists. Um, and ultimately, I, f- I thought I was looking through the lists. I was looking through the teams. I was like, oh, shit. Um there's it's gonna be a tough weekend, I think. Um, my personal money, I think it's it's gonna be a tough one for the podium. Um I think Team Keen are definitely gonna be up there, um, unfortunately. Um and Dice Stud Gamers Club. I think between those two teams, the the players in them, um, the contribution they've put to, to the event and their and their teams um, and the experience of the players um, I think they're definitely going to be up the top end 100.
0: And are there any any surprise lists out there not not necessarily on a team level but any <laughs> any lists out there that you've kind of that have really I don't know that you really caught your eye that you, you'd like to see play or you'd, yeah, you'd hate to play
1: a, Yeah, there was a there was a couple of quirky ones in there. I think I must say, looking across the list, it it was very samey. There's a lot of very samey lists and a lot of repeats um in things so it'd be quite keen i'll be quite keen to uh to see how the players run those um there's a few in particular i quite liked um the event themed list the ones that have been purposely designed for them so it's like i think one of them had 85 hard boys in um so that's that's a lot of bodies with a four up save to shift um backed by war chanters as well so that the damage output would be quite cool um from a war clan player myself that looks fun it looks great great fun on the table um there's a couple of double idol lists as well um so that'll be interesting to see i really want to see how those go so i've made a few lists myself for that um and it looks it looks decent um but yeah there wasn't i would say there wasn't any particular list that have really captured my eye um there's a few there's a few unusual combos in there i must say um but there must be you know method behind the madness so we'll see how they play
0: out right so going going on to your team themselves yeah have you got a have you got a, tea, a, a list you want to speak about
1: uh yeah so it was i was quite torn up on these because I, I i do thoroughly like all six of lists that we've we've put together um i think i'm gonna talk about uh the silver net list um that we put together just because it was it was something that was almost immediate in the bag. This is what we're gonna take. Um so this is the list run by Angus Brain. Um so it's a Sylvan F, uh legions. Uh so this is the Heartwood. So essentially what we've gone for is a Colonel Hunter bow span. Um so we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So we've got eight units of Colonel Hunters, uh, three units of five trade revenants, and then two branch wraiths, and that's it. Um so it's a lot of drops. Um, so we understand obviously we're not going to get to choose to go first, um, but that's a lot of shootings. We've test played this one particularly well um, against a lot of different matchups, and actually, bar a few allegiances, it pretty much tables everyone um, within sort of three or four turns like the firepower output um the only drawback we found with it is it's very mission dependent um it's going to auto lose against the 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 hero missions um it's going to struggle against a lot of mobile moving around especially if those key pieces um get taken off and you can't get the trees down um, so yeah it's, it's it's going to be difficult but again this is this is one of the lists that we designed to do a very specific role um and take down those armies that essentially just sit on objectives and do not move um and I think it, it fits it fits the role that we intended um which is all we can ask for really
0: and and how does that without apart from pure yeah. damage output arrange from kind of hunters is there any any specific combos or tricks within the list uh
1: yes, yeah, so with the hardwood um the branch Wraith um with her artifact allows rerolls to hit um so she sits in there and gives, gives all the the bows, the rerolls. rolls um, and there's a few tree reds in there so they can dart around the table, um, give the frets uh, of the teleporting um, outside of nine, and they can still take the objectives. There's a there's a little there's a few quirky tricks in there with the branch race as well so they can um, summon up the dryads with their spell on the war scroll. Um, it can teleport those out to help reinforce um, shield walls, um, taking the objectives through teleporting via the trees so there's a couple of ways i mean it's it's quite fixed on certain aspects of of the uh, the game um so it's going to struggle if the matchup goes wrong it's going to struggle massively um but then that's when we we've also then looked at the secondaries and the missions and actually with with the right mission um and the right secondaries we can still claw those points out from that list even if it then does go in with the loss um for the game itself
0: what about a uh, another list? Is there anything else you want to touch on? You've got you've got quite a nice variety of things there. And yeah, as you say, uh, they're not they're not all kind of they're not too extreme. I think that Silverthorne one's probably the most extreme, isn't it?
1: It is, yeah. So that was that was one of our six that we decided that we wanted to focus it and make it a um, a list based for a team event, a specific team event. Um, we've got a couple of all round lists as well. So we've gone for, um, so I'll go through Dan George's list as well. Um, so he's done quite well with this, um, a, a few events he's done. So um, we ran the big one. Uh, so it's from the realm of Shais. Um So the, the intention of this list is it's a lot of bodies. It hits hard, it's fast moving. Um, it's got a few tricks in uh, where it can basically get around the table with the iron fist, um with the mighty destroyer move, the hand of Gork from the Wizards. Uh, so the intention of this list um is to basically match up against um either slow moving armies, armies that can't deal with armour, or armies that struggle in combat. So he was kind of our in the middle all rounder guy um to deal with he was sort of that back burner card that we can then draw out if the matches start to go wrong to try and get some wins back. Uh, so I'll just quickly run through his list. So he's got the the more crusher. Uh, he's the general with brutish cunning for his trait, and the artifact is the Ethereal Amulet, so we decided to go with that for him, um, just to make him a little bit more resilient. And then he's got the Mount trait, the Weirden, and he's gone for the Orc, Weirden of Shaman. Uh, he's got the artifact, Shematic uh, Skullcap, and then Law of the Weird, he's gone for the Hand of Gork, uh, so it's teleporting the units around. And then he's got two war chances with fix and beat and get and beat to make those guys extra, extra punchy. So he's gone for the Iron Fist Battalion. So he's got six Gorgonters and then four units of 10 hard boys. So we did play around with this list a few times and we were thinking about taking units of 15, units of 20. Um, But then we settled on the final list, which was multiple units of 10. Uh, The reason for this is it then allows him to play other styles of play. So rather than being a super aggro list, teleporting around the table. I think
0: it gives you flexibility in more more scenarios. I, I think if you go going big and big blocks of, and kind of, you know, these massive units of orcs cruise you know, two, maybe two units of 20 or something, that could work, but it definitely, it sets the style of a list quite, at a quite fixed level. Whereas if you have four units of 10, you've got much more flexibility and much more board presence.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. It was, um, it was definitely one of the, so this one in particular actually reflects quite nicely where we looked back at the roles of the list um and actually it didn't it, it didn't need to be that aggro um so we did drop it down to multiple of 10 for the safe side so then we could take the objectives we can then sort of use it as a as a flexi list almost and, and match against other things because it didn't have to have that role of right i need to go across the table and just decimate everything um he can just feed stuff in and teleport things and, and play a bit more of a tricky game um so he was yeah it was quite a handy list to have in, in the team i think
0: Awesome. So what's been the most challenging thing about preparing for the event?
1: Oh, um... Letting people make decisions, I think <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> well, not making them ha- leaving control of those decisions yeah, to other people. so, I'm,
1: so it, we made a super sweet spreadsheet. that had like twenty two um graphs with every team list, every team of um player um went we went through and individually matched them all up um It took hours to put together um but I let those guys take control of those matchups um so I didn't play too much of a part in that. I trusted them with their lists and what they felt comfortable playing against. Um, and based off this is what I'm going to use to go through and actually do my matchups. Um, so I've left it down to them that essentially we're going to try and match the, the good matches into the good matches that they say they can do. Um, and ultimately, obviously, if they come out losing, it it will be a question of you know what what went wrong. Um, did did they not play it? Was it a bad mission? Did did I give them the bad matchup mission? Um, was it a bad secondary? Um, did they just have real real bad luck? Um, I mean, I really wanted to kind of just sit down and just do all the matchups, do all the lists and go, Right, guys, this is what we're taking. Um, but that wasn't the purpose of what we were doing as a team. Um, so I kinda of had to step back and, and definitely play the more of a, a team player captain. Um as opposed to, it's my team, and this is what I want to do because that was what we were trying to avoid ultimately.
0: No, I like it. A, a, a good leader enables and empowers his his team. <laughs> so I think you think you're doing that really well, rather than taking a very kind of transactional, dictatorial leadership style.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, if it all goes wrong by the second round, I'll just be at the bar. But it's um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's definitely the better approach, I think.
0: And is there anything you're concerned about or apprehensive about for the weekend upcoming? No, not
1: at all. I mean, obviously, like we're all, we're all just going there for for the experience. Really, we really just want to see um, a more of a feel of how the events run. Um, this is my first time playing the role of captain. Um, I've quite enjoyed it all. I've quite, I've, I've liked the build up. I've liked the tension um, and the sort of banter between the teams and the lists and and who's taking what and how we're going to deal with certain threats. And it, it kind of it broadens your experience a little bit more. Um, I, I did look through a lot of the lists and I was like oh, well, hang on actually I don't know what any of these do um, so I kind of forced myself to sit down and read through books and understand lists better and understand the thought process of them and how they work um, so so in that, that in itself um, as a player I feel a lot more experienced already just by understanding a lot more of the different armies and different techniques and how you can play the game itself
0: So if you had one piece of advice to offer all the players attending what would it be?
1: Just, just have fun. I think there's there's a lot of um, local villagers going um, that are all going for a good time and good spirit. So I think team events are by far the best type of event. Um, I love every every aspect of them. Um, I just think just just go and have a laugh. It doesn't matter too much if you mess up the matchups. You mess them up. Um, you've got six great guys playing six great games. Um, and I think that's all the rest of
0: it. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining us. It's uh, well, it's sure. good to have you on. Good to have another Curtis on. Any any more <laughs> members of the family we should have on in future episodes?
1: Uh, not not war gamers. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right so um, before we do the final two questions have you got any shout outs uh obviously uh bucks, bucks War wargaming club has had uh two people shout them out twice uh on podcast but you by right. all means do it again or, yeah, or twitter so, handles or anything like that
1: yeah so buck, buck wargames uh collective so they can have a, a third shout out um we definitely as i said we're, we're making a bit of a name of ourselves now so watch this space there'll be more events um and some other bits and pieces on the horizon no doubt
0: and if people want to find you on twitter where can we get you Oh, yeah. So uh,
1: my Twitter handle is at goblin underscore sneaky. Uh, definitely fit in for my, my play style and armies. Um, not overly active on there, but if people want to follow me and, and get some good hobby content, there's a place to go.
0: Excellent. Right. So final two questions. If you could protect one thing about Age of Sigmar and never have it change, what would it be? So let's say the, the game is being rewritten from the ground up. And uh, if you could only change one thing about Age of Sigmar and the rest of the game is never going to change for the rest of time what would that be
1: oh these are definitely tough questions um right so the one thing i would keep i really like the choice of who goes first with the lower drops um and the reason for that is it really makes you rethink how you build your lists um taking a battalion or taking one less unit for the choice of going first makes a huge difference in the game and i quite like that aspect i love the the sitting down and sort of hammering out the lists and trying to tactically structure them um and i think that played a massive part in it and in units that you take and battalions and um everything else involved in in that spectrum of the hobby
0: and what about uh if you could only change one thing um
1: this it is it's it's a good game at the minute um I wouldn't change too much, but I think my biggest bugbearer would be the CP stacking. Um, Being able to stack command points. I know they've started to flatten it out, and there's a lot less of it. Um, I would like to see some sort of core rule um, that just says each command ability can be used once per turn or something, um, just to make it a flat rule across the books, not just the updated ones have it. And the old ones don't, so they can still abuse certain command abilities and that sort of thing. So I think just a flat line across the the game um, would just be quite handy.
0: It's interesting because you could say you could tweak that in different ways, couldn't you? You could say command abilities can't be used more than once in in a turn, or you could say command abilities can't be used more once against the same unit. in a a turn Mm. or you could even mix around you could remove access to as many command points so you could do something like command points that you earn in a turn can only be used that turn so that's another interesting way of maybe you don't necessarily you might not change the old core mechanic you might introduce a new one perhaps and and so that people can't save up Command ability. So the one that you get with your battalion, fine, that that stays on. The one that you can buy, that stays on. But the one that you generate, or maybe you steal back or something, maybe they have to be used that turn.
1: Yeah, I think that would be quite useful as well because it will stop people kind of like foresting them and, and just storing them for a few turns and then going in with the big hits. I mean, if that's what the list is intended to do, um, but I don't think it's necessarily right. I think the the abilities aren't quite balanced. Um, across old books and new books, so I think it's if you've got good command command abilities in your book and you, and you have the ability to stack all of these command uh, points, you, you kind of have the upper hand against people that aren't so fortunate or don't have those command abilities um, in the same way. I think it would it would definitely the the generic ones would definitely be more useful um, if you have to use it or you lose it. Um, seeing the rerolls of hits and and wounds and saves. Um, will be used a lot more frequent, I think, because people rather just use the abilities for the sake of using them than than lose
0: it. Yeah, and and I'm not to be honest, even you know, in in an attempt to play Devil's Advocate, I'm not sure I've even suggested a good solution because with it, with the fifty point one that you can buy and taking a battalion, you can still have kind of maybe two enduring command points anyway, and. You know, let's say turn three, you you still got three command points by turn three because you've got the two that you that endure and the one that you generate. So not even sure that solves the, solves the problem. So yeah, yeah it's it's interesting. It's um, it's there's a lot of potential. Even small tweaks to core rules could really change the kind of dynamic of the game, couldn't they?
1: Yeah, massively, massively.
0: Awesome. Right. Well, all that remains is for me to wish you and the rest of more bang for your buck. And the very best of luck for uh, Brotherhood. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Enjoy. Take care.
1: Perfect. Cheers, man
0: thanks for listening to priority Roll. if you want to get in touch with us we're at priority Roll on both twitter and instagram you can send us an email priority role podcast at gmail.com or you can go to anchor.fm forward slash priority role and leave us a voice message if you want to leave us some feedback we're always looking to improve or if you just want to suggest a topic to talk about on one of our upcoming shows then feel free to get in contact with us we'd love to hear from you until next time thanks for listening to priority Roll.